Now, this might not come as a shock to some of you, but I have officially turned in my resignation as an adult. Some of you smart guys are like, oh, well, that was a short trip, John, huh? But I've had it. I want to go back to a time in my life when I had the cares and responsibilities of an eight-year-old child. Sounds fun, right? I want to be able to go to McDonald's and think it's a four-star restaurant. I want to like M&M's more than I like money because you can eat them. I want to be able to walk outside my door any day of the week, not worried if my shoes match my belt or if my hair's in the right place. Hmm? Hmm. I want to go back to a time when I thought Slurpee was a food group. <laughs> I want to go back to a time when I didn't know to care about health care reform. When I didn't know any better that I should be worried about illness and terrorism, go back to a time when I wasn't concerned about the economy or H1N1 or this or that. I didn't know any better. I want to go back to a time when I knew Friends were friends, and hugs were okay, and I want to go back to a time where I could speak my mind, say whatever it is that was on my mind, and people were like, oh, he's so cute. He says the darndest things. That's it. I'm going. You can have my wallet. You can have my debit card. I don't do credit. If you're going to be an adult, don't do credit. You can have the keys to my minivan. Give me back my training wheels. I'm on my way. Anybody want to come with me? Now, that may or may not be as fun as it really sounds. And it may or may not be exactly what the writer of Ephesians had in mind when he, when he talks about being imitators of God and being God's children. Not exactly what he had in mind. He, he wasn't talking about a time of going back. Actually, it's just quite the opposite. And this portion of scripture that we read from Ephesians this morning, just a while ago, there's no idea of turning back. Actually, you do everything you can to keep from turning back, and you're going this way. Now, as you and I go over this uh, portion of Ephesians, and we look at these things, you know, do not steal, uh, do not speak falsely against one another, do not be filled with anger, and all these other things. If you notice, at least to me anyway, as I read this, I kind of think, well, you know, when I was a kid, the reason why I got told, do not do whatever, is because I was probably doing whatever. Or somebody in the neighborhood was doing it, and I was getting in trouble for it anyway, right? This is how that works. So I kind of think, if we have this list of, you know, don't be so whatever, don't do this, probably this was going on in the church. Now, in the study of this, some people think that, you know, Ephesians, the letter, the whole letter itself, wasn't only directed at the Ephesian church. It was really sort of a general letter that was circulated from church to church. So, a lot of this stuff may just be common practices for a lot of people 
in the church now. And if you think about it, that doesn't seem too far stretched. This church business, it's still kind of a new movement, right? And it's being open to anybody, really, anybody that will believe it. And so, yeah, you know, I bet a lot of those people in that church were thieves or were people who were doing this or doing that, and that was okay. And part of the responsibility that the church has was to say, okay, I'm glad you're here, and there's a few things we need you to know about being here. A few things we need to teach you to make sure we're all kind of, you know, on the same page, as we always say, right? And if you ask me, that's one of those good problems to have. Hmm? It's like when you have to bring out more chairs, you know, that's okay to have. I've been in churches before where leaders have said stuff like, well, you know, these kids in the church, they don't know no better. Duh! And that's why we've got to teach them. But that's an okay problem to have. Having new people to, to teach, having children to bring up and to teach, that's a good thing. There are plenty of churches who haven't seen a new face in decades. There are plenty of churches who haven't had a young person to nurture and to, and to bring into their arms and teach them the ways of our God. Now, when I say that, I want you to realize that this isn't about, you know, me making sure I kind of craft you to be just like me, teach you how to be like I am. This isn't about us being just a bunch of droids walking around. But what we read, it's one of those things that can kind of just get glossed over if we're not, if we're not careful. In chapter 4, in the first verse we read in 25, So then, putting away falsehood, let all of us speak the truth to our neighbors, for we are members of one another. Other translations say something like, we are one There's no way we can be the one body we're designed to be if you over here have something against all these people over here, or if you guys over here are plotting against these people over here, or if you over here can't stand to look at somebody over here. It's just, <laughs> just can't do it. We, we, we can't function right. It's not the way we're designed. If we're to be one body... There's things we've got to learn together. There's things we have to teach ourselves together to do if we are going to be one. Billy Martin, in his autobiography entitled Number One, talks about going hunting in Texas with Mickey Mantle. Mickey Mantle had a friend that would let them go to his ranch to hunt. And one day... Mickey and Billy went to the ranch, and Mickey said, well, stay right here. I'll go in and check in. So he goes inside, and, of course, the friend says, well, yeah, you can. Yeah, go right ahead. But I need you to do me a favor while you're here anyway. I got this mule. He's blind, and he's, he's really sick, but I don't have the heart to take him out of his misery. Can you do that for me while you're here? Uh, sure, no problem. So Mickey walks out, and he gets a little plot in his mind, and he pretends to be angry. And he storms into the truck, and he slams the door, and he's got that look on his face. He says, I'm so mad right now. But he said, well, what's wrong? 
Oh, he won't let us hunt today. Oh, I'm just so mad at him right now. I'm going to go kill one of his mules. Oh, you can't do that. Oh, yes, I can. You just watch me. So he drove that tr- tr- truck over to the barn, went inside, grabbed his shotgun with a smile on the inside, right? You know, he's got Billy. Does what he has to do. And as he goes to turn around, he hears two more shots. And as he's coming to the truck, he sees you-know-who with his shotgun jumping in, too. Billy, what are you doing? Oh, we'll show him. I killed two of his cows, too. (laughs) Proverbs 24 um, tells us to be careful in being friends with someone who's so quick-tempered, or you might learn his way. I'm just picking on anger because that's one of the things that's talked about. But really what I'm thinking of is how easy it is to learn some of these kinds of things. Anger can be contagious. So can bitterness. So can deceit. And, you know, be careful because you just might learn their way. Proverbs says, not me, because, you know, I'm a nice guy, huh? Be careful. Now, all these things can be contagious, so easy to, to, to fall into and to be a part of. But you know what? Just as easy as anger can be contagious, really so can faith. Choking, so can, so can this. This can be contagious, too. Look, see? Look. Look at you. Soaking kind words, that can be contagious too, but it, it, it depends on what we are going to decide. You know where I'm going. Now, what's interesting about, okay, we think, okay, yeah, they had to teach new people about this stuff because, yeah, this and that, okay. Let me make something real clear. It's not always just the new people we got to teach. Because some of us that have been around here for a long time, you know, we get kind of set in our ways. We get our own mind about how things should be. So we got to be taught to ourselves. Thank you. <laughs> it's not just, you know, Gloria shared a comment with me. It's been years ago. Somebody told her, she says, you know, you guys, you know, her and I, you only see the good in people in church. People only show you the good part of them. <laughs> Or, you know, it's been in church that I've seen, I've heard some of the meanest things. It's been in church where I've seen people just degrade somebody. Just, just right there. It's been in church. I've just seen some of the nastiest way people treat each other. In church, y'all. So, you know, even some of us got to learn and relearn and train and retrain ourselves and what we're supposed to be doing here. Anybody believe that? <laughs> hmm. You know, we used to, some of us talked about this this week. Um, Sticks and stones may break my bones, but what? Words will never, ever hurt me. Boy, if that ain't just the biggest lie you ever heard, huh? 
We, we, I, you probably have. I've known people who, you know, they've been mad at somebody for years and years. Well, what you mad at him for? I don't know. He said something to me. What did he say? Well, I don't know. <laughs> and on my initial thought was, you need to get over it. But then you know what? Words can hurt. Can't they? Sticks and stones. Bring me a stick, please. <laughs> Words can hurt. But, like Ephesians says, they can also build. They can also bring grace. It's how we use our words that we need to consider. It's even the way we don't use our words. You ever thought about that? You know, all of us do it. Go to a hospital or something, you're going to catch the elevator. You go into the elevator, you go into the fourth or fifth floor, you walk in, there's four or five people there, you go in, push your button, what does everybody do? They look at that magic light. Just ignore everybody else. Walk out on your floor. You could have entertained an angel right there. Or, you know, you're walking down a hallway, you see him coming like 20 yards away. You have already made eye contact from that far, and you see him coming. <clears throat> and they get about this close, and all of a sudden, you know, a hello could have just made that person's day. A good morning could have just changed their perspective for that day. It's how we use our words. And don't get me wrong, I'm not talking about some kind of psycho babble kind of power of your words. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the real the realness that comes out of our heart when we use our words or when we don't use them. Because, yeah, most likely your words come from a thought, but just as easily the words you use create new thoughts. The words you use create new attitudes. The words you use can create that look on your face. No words can do that. And other people can see that, by the way. I don't know if you understood that or not, if you realize that. And that's why in other parts of Scripture we're, taught, we, we're told to teach the truth in love. Because sometimes the truth hurts, doesn't it? Right? We've, we've said that before. The truth hurts. And if you're going to come tell me the truth, whatever the truth may be, and if I know you don't give a care about me, if I know you just want to be the one to say the truth to me, you don't care. I'm not going to listen to you. You could be right on with everything you got to say. But if I know you're not speaking it in love, you can go talk to somebody else. But if I know you have a heart for me, if I know you have a heart for God, if I know this is love, it makes it, yeah, it's still hard, but it's just a little. A little bit easier to swallow, isn't it? It's what we do with our words that leads to our actions, that tells people what we really believe about God, about ourselves, and even about that other person. And I know we remember Jesus saying, let all the children come to me 
And we remember lessons and sermons and Bible studies and cute little sayings about having childlike faith, right? But let's be a little honest here again. As cute as children can be, they can also be pretty mean, can't they? You bring in a new kid who doesn't look like the rest of them. You bring in a new kid who doesn't dress the same way, doesn't speak the same way. You bring in a new kid who just has something different. Them kids can be really, really mean. But not adults, right? Adults don't do it. Just the children, right? Mm. Here's what I think. You didn't ask me what I think, but Steve gave me the microphone, so I'm going to say it. I think it's time to stop acting like children. You know, it's time to get ready to do something right. You know, he tells you, you need to put away all that stuff you've been playing with because we got to go. I think it's time we, we need to put away all that stuff, all that bitterness, all them words, all that anger, all that. We need to put that away. It's time to stop playing. Now, I can say that, but I'm not the one saying it. Let me just remind you before you go getting all mad at me. Chapter 4, verse 31. Guess what it says? Put away your stuff, people. Put away from you all bitterness. There's some bitter people in church, aren't there? Put away all wrath. Oh, yeah. There's some wrathful people. Put away all anger. Trust me, there's some angry people in church. Put away wrangling. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. (laughs) If you do it, you know it. So, (laughs) put away slander. Yeah, together with all malice. Put it away, y'all. You know, when, when, when you're there and somebody's just, you know they're going to start and you know you get them that stuff off, put it away. Hmm? When you, when you can feel it just right there, you know, right in your tongue, just put it away. Now, just so I know you heard me, can you repeat that with me? Put it away. Put it away. When you can just, when, when you know that thought's coming about, oh, I remember when she, put it away. Oh, she didn't want to eat my food at the potluck. Put it away. Ain't nobody going to like your food all the time, except for you, Patty. But even if they don't, Patty, put it away. Believe it or not, not everybody likes my sermons. You know what? Forget them. No, put it away. Put it away. Understand, we've got this one life together in this world. We've got this one shot at ministry. We've got this one shot to raise our children. We've got this one shot to love our spouses. We've got this one shot to 
share life together. Why would we want to waste it? Tearing each other down. Destroying each other's well-being. Watch what comes out of this big thing. Because it can break someone down, but it can also build someone up. It can do a lot of good, too. But put it away, y'all. Put it 